Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality. Today, I'm so excited. This is somebody that I've been, like, following and interacting with online for what seems like forever, and I'm I'm just so pleased that I finally can have a conversation with them and that you can all kind of creep on it while we do that. So, without further ado, please welcome... Pro submissive Cupcake Sinclair. Hi, Cupcake. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Likewise, I was so excited to get to chat with you. I was like, I've been following you forever, but I don't think we've ever chatted. Oh my God. <laughs> I know, right? And like, I'm just so impressed and fascinated and just in love with everything I see you do on your socials that I'm like, oh man, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe why don't you start for people who aren't as obsessed with you as I am? Why don't you start off by just telling them like maybe what kind of things you do as a pro submissive? Cuz I know you're like uh, a person of all trades, a human of all trades. <laughs> yeah. Um so let's see. I have been a professional submissive for about 12, 13 years now. Jesus Christ, I'm getting old. Um but I also do video work. I also do um admin assistant for other models. I also do uh live fetish performances. So yeah, I've kind of got a finger everywhere, but my my main my true heart is always kind of having a submissive sort of lean to everything that I do. Yeah, awesome. I love how you say I've got a finger everywhere. That's very suggestive. It's very <laughs> I got fingers everywhere. I got fingers in everything. <laughs> I'm like one of the main questions I have for you because your feed and like when you get those like you know, those auto tweets or whatever of like different clips that you've sold and stuff. They're always so unique and so creative. One of my main questions right off the bat is like, how do you come up with your ideas for all your amazing clips? <laughs> um, well, as I've heard you joke about in the past, I too am also a uh, theater person. <laughs> so <laughs> we've all come full circle. Um, yeah, I, I'm a dropout English major. I'm a theater kid. So um, having all of those kind of little quirky creative aspects to what I do for um, all of my, my, you know, serious work stuff, it just really helps me to keep finding inspiration and new unique ways to, you know, view kink through different lenses. Yeah, I think that's so cool. Just like what we bring into this type of work from like our past, whatever jobs, experiences, interests, and like, that just makes our like what we do so vibrant, you know, from person exactly. to person, it's like what we bring into it. And when I think about it now that you tell me that, I'm like, yeah, you're hella um, theatrical, aren't you? <laughs> like elaborate premises, costumes. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, people are always like, oh, so, you know, what's your top kink? And for me, it's like trying to like, choose like what pet is your favorite or whatever you know what I mean like I I yeah. have so many things that I'm fascinated by or curious by or like just really into so having different avenues and stuff like that where I'm like oh yeah I can dress up like this and explore this scenario or maybe I can tweak that scenario a bit and make it darker if I do this and just kind of really having fun with not only self-exploration but kind of challenging clients to you know think about their own kinks and you know sexual exploration and what lens they want to find, you know, through their journey. So, yeah, there's something you just said that I also attribute to like theater stuff is specificity. Yeah, being specific with the intentionality of each thing, of each line. There's something there that I think I learned from theater also. Um, that you're getting so specific with like your videos, your narratives, your characters. Um, yeah, interesting. 
<laughs> Thank you. Also, just, you know, because I'm petty, like I'm the one who does all of my own like video editing. So I get sick of seeing myself in the same scenario. So <laughs> it's kind of for them, but it's also a lot for me and my sanity. I'm like, if I have to watch myself play with the dildo one more fucking time, like. <laughs> oh my God, I get it. Oh my God, yeah. That's so cool. Um, Cause one of a critique of like a lot of comedy or theater or performing stuff is like, Oh, it's broad. It's too broad. Yeah. It's a place specific, but yeah, I get that thing of editing your own clips and like seeing patterns. <laughs> <laughs> Once you see it. <laughs> yeah. Are you a person that like you're out in the world shopping maybe or something and you see a cool outfit and you're like, oh, I got to think of a clip where I can be her. Oh, my be, God. Be <laughs> Absolutely. My partner was actually teasing me about this a couple of days ago. Um, we, we've just gotten back home from a tour. And so, like, I was like, okay, let me order a bunch of props. Let me do this, that, or the other. So I had a uh, little medical privacy screen, a doggy porch pad, and something else. And I'm, like, opening it. And my partner's, like, watching me unbox stuff. And he's like, you know most girls when you talk about like their shopping addiction you know it's clothes and jewelry and stuff so now when i have to tell my my friends that my girlfriend has a shopping problem i have to be like but it's not what you think like she's buying sex doll torsos exactly so we joke about it all the time (laughs) where do you know even to buy that stuff like do you see it somewhere and you're like oh i need that or i don't know is it your, your wild wonderful imagination I think a little column A, column B. Um, One of my guilty pleasures is I definitely like to like window shop scroll on my phone before I go to sleep. And so like I'll just go down like the weird rabbit hole of like Etsy or Amazon or whatever. And I'll go, hey, maybe I can play around with this. Or maybe that was a staple that I needed, but I couldn't afford it previously or whatever the reason is. And so I just started accumulating weird random things and putting scenarios with them <laughs> that's dangerous that before bed scrolling isn't it? <laughs> exactly oh, i buy yeah i buy stuff and then i'm like i'm never buying anything online again because it's so bad whatever it is you know? and then the cycle continues and Fuck me. Yeah, that. So what's some of, I know you said you just did a round of of shopping. (laughs) Is there anything you want to tell me about? Like, what are some interesting things you just purchased? Um, so the main thing that I was really excited about is, um, it's so silly, but I got one of those outdoor porch potty thingies that like, if you're like living in a crowded city and you've only got like your balcony and you've got like a dog, you have like the little artificial grass and like that kind of setup or whatever. Um, and it's really cute. So it's one of those, like they call it a porch potty. And so it's just a little slab of like, fake grass in like this cute little box and it's got like this little plastic you know weaving effect to make it look like a little basket and it comes with a little fire hydrant and a hose and I was like I didn't even know that this kind of shit existed but I'm using it for porn (laughs) so what when you see that like what are you thinking what your what's the narrative here what's the character here uh definitely some sort of uh like you know puppy girl peas kind of thing you know we've got the pea fetish we've got the pet play we've got props to play around with like all sorts of stuff it just is kind of a great springboard especially because i've been doing a bunch more uh puppy play type clips recently so i was like okay how do we expand on this how do we keep it fresh (laughs) i love that what about i just taught a class on pet play pet play 101 class and I talk about like an intentionality a lot. Um, and I noticed that you also do, you've been doing a lot of pet play recently. So like, what do you find interesting about being a cute little pup? Um, I think it's just the way that we view different forms of submission or DS play in general. Um, I like the variety with it, right? So like when you're talking about different kink umbrellas, you know, a lot of people um, might have like very, specific uh preconceptions about what this looks like or you know whatever have you and stuff if you're like oh i'm an abdl you're like oh this is a very narrow box and and you have to kind of go no we we can expand on that we can play around with it more so finding different scenarios where i can still express aspects of my submission through different forms of scenarios in this case like pet play and going oh well we've also got pee fetish incorporated or we've got discipline 
training involved or oh we've got you know weird dildos that we can like kind of explore stuff around that with just all the different springboards I'm obsessed with it <laughs> yeah I'm really into that too of like where do all different kinks intersect like if it's med fet pet play it's like okay we're going to the vet exactly you know? <laughs> yeah um Oh, what was it going to say? Oh, yeah. Okay, something funny that came up in the class that I love, like, treating classes as, like, more of a Skillshare and a conversation because I learned shit, too. Somebody said pet rock to me, and I was obsessed. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, get this. So um, I used to work at a, a professional dungeon, and one of the doms there was known as the pet play mistress. And so every year for, like, domcon and things like that, we would have the annual pet parade. And so being able to see, like, the different varieties of, like, you know, non-quote-unquote stereotypical pets that we would see in the parade. Some people were, um, you know, their partner's emotional support animals, but they were also, you know, partners who had some form of disability. You had, like, unicorns, you had frogs and chameleons, and like, just wow. things that you wouldn't really quite associate when you think about humans doing pet play. You're like, oh, you're a dog or a cat or maybe a rabbit. You know, and it's like, oh, man, you yeah. watch that parade and everyone is so creative and exploring how that fits them you know <laughs> yeah like it was just halloween so i was like thinking of pet play halloween stuff and i'm like you know how everyone tries to put a costume on their pet <laughs> and that's like a form of bondage it could be or a <laughs> form of like an escape artist type yep. of a scene of a pet trying to get out of their cute little costume that they hate you know i love it yeah <laughs> you can have oh it <laughs> shit like that where you're just like let's let's take something that we already know and then just add our own you know seasoning to it essentially it's just so great <laughs> yeah because i'm not you know um, putting down like the archetypes you know of these kind of more traditional kink ideas or whatever but yeah i always try to twist it just a little bit or make it you know add a little bit of detail to make it a bit more personal to me both like you said for my own interest and I don't know I think just people enjoy it as well yeah you're making it your own and I think that's kind of the heart of what kink's about I saw this one comic strip a couple of years ago where you know you've got everyone at the dungeon and they're like yeah kink is very serious business and the next panel goes and it expands like the crowd a bit further and you've got like this mistress in like a little bo peep outfit and her sub in a sheep outfit and she's like yep it sure is and it's like <laughs> yeah because it means so much to like in different ways to everyone like <laughs> yeah i love that so i know your interests are super varied is there a thread for you do you think like is there some sort of unifying thing that you find interesting about all your different stuff um I think it would pretty much just be the submissive aspect just finding different scenarios to uh in incorporate that into and br bring it to life and making it my own essentially because no matter what I do, like, I, I hardly ever take on any dom roles. Or if I am, it's usually like, oh, but I'm also going to be the damsel shortly after type of thing. So um, just playing around with concepts like that and, you know, seeing what I can do with it. <laughs> yeah, all the different ways you can inhabit submission or all the different ways that can look. Is that like, is that a conscious kind of personal challenge or it just happens? Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. I um, <laughs> There's definitely been some um, concepts where like I've been in the middle of filming or in the middle of a session or whatever. And I'm like, OK, how do I I really have to like take a second to think and go, OK, how how would I approach this? if This was just trying to step away from like the, the boxes that I, I think I, I kind of fell into while I was like growing up and exploring the scene, essentially. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people go, oh, yeah, submissives are doormats and it's just, you know, all the things and all the holes and saying yes and that's it. And I'm like, OK, well, how do we expand on different things? How do we add, you know, protocol to something that wouldn't seem very protocol needed? Or how do we incorporate prep play into something that doesn't seem very pettish or, you know, that kind of stuff. So just fucking fucking around with stuff. <laughs> yeah, fucking around and finding out. You mentioned so 
you do all sorts of submissive things and sometimes it's like you might appear dominant at the beginning and then it's and then it switches you get captured or some some narrative switch like that I have a feeling you get a lot of inquiries requests dms for you to be a dominant is that true oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah how does that make you feel um it's it's twofold because on one hand i understand i mean look we were just talking about me going okay how do i find non-traditional ways of exploring like quote-unquote traditional aspects of kink and things like that and so like i i can't fault other people for going hey would you be interested in exploring this kind of thing and stuff like that but for me also like kind of submission is my my heart line it's where it's where my everything is kind of underneath that umbrella and that's where i go down from there and so it kind of makes me feel a little like disrespected uh, a little just because my branding is everywhere i'm like hey i don't top i don't do this kind of stuff and then when you have people approaching me for it it's like i'm flattered but also for your Breathe. safety and mine and just general sense of well-being that's not what i was offering you know <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah if you're ever wanting to inquire about purchasing clips or booking sessions or something read the goddamn bio at the very least exactly if you're not at least doing that i know you haven't listened to any of my podcasts i know (laughs) like you know what i mean like i'm i make so much of myself available for you to learn about me and you come in with no information i'm not going to take that seriously and i don't find that respectful just like you said it you know Exactly. And even back when I was working at um, the dungeon and stuff like that, you know, we would have like the lineup for submissives where like a client would be like, hey, I'm here to see a submissive today. We would all go in and greet ourselves. And then like the second you get into the interview room, sometimes they're like, hey, so what do you think about topping me? And it's like, that just feels ick. Like I that's not what initially we were talking about. So why is it? So, yeah, just little things like that where it's like, hey, just be a little more conscious about the people that you're talking to because, you know, we're people. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's part that can be I, I, I shy away from calling it a kink. But that's a thing where someone wants to make the dominant submit or make the submissive dominate. You know, there's like a manipulation uh, thing that's happening of like, they want what they can't have. And it's not in a fantasy context. It's in a f- actual context of they're trying to uh, like push boundaries. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And I think that's the heart like of it. Flag. It's like there's a boundary that's established there and it's, it's trying to tiptoe around it. That makes everything a little less pleasant. <laughs> and like immediately too. like that's the first thing they're asking. Will you dominate me? Subby cupcake. It's like, how about I don't know, because like different boundaries for different clients, right? Exactly. It's like if you're a regular of mine and then they're wanting to explore more ways how this can look, maybe I'll be open to it because we have a rapport and we have a foundation of trust and respect. Then maybe. But like as a first message, fuck off. (laughs) Yep, exactly. No, you you put it so succinctly that all of that. Yeah, I, I'd be doing the Will Smith hands right now if you could see me. Like, yeah, just... yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what are some of your favorite things you've done recently? Because I could ask you so many fucking questions about so many different things. But I'm like, <laughs> what are you excited about right now? Um, I have the opportunity coming up um, in a few days to do a, uh, a hook pool-based performance um, out in Colorado soon. So that'll be nice. Um, Tell me about what that means for people who don't know what hook is or... Right, um, my bad. So um, we take flesh hooks. So not quite, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre style, much more controlled, much more sterilized and all of that jazz. But um, it's pretty much the, the essentially just taking flesh hooks and you can either spin by them, you can pull against them. Um, sometimes it's ritualistic, sometimes it's cathartic, sometimes you're just having fucking fun. Um, and, you know, just like with everything in kink and fetishes and so on, it's really the intention behind it that sets the tone for everything. Um, so that'll be fun. <laughs> so that paired with pole. 
what is that? What's that? How? How? <laughs> how? Why? Um, so um, in in this case, um, pretty much I will be taking hooks either through the center of my chest or against my pubic mound and then pretty much doing kind of a lean back kind of pull. It kind of creates like this ritualistic tug of war almost. Um, and so especially when you're like doing performances, you can also incorporate a lot of other aspects um, into the show without that being like the only thing and so on because you can move you can dance around and all of that jazz so um, kind of having that as the platform and being able to build on it is really nice Um, and then for suspensions sometimes um, you'll see people hanging from two in their back and swinging around so just like if you've seen any sort of rope suspension it's it's kind of the same thing except you're using flush hooks instead of um, just strictly rope to bind and hang <laughs> can i ask i know i'm not gonna ask the question does it hurt because obvious obvious fucking lee it does i'm gonna ask like what is the aftercare and like even long-term aftercare of doing scenes like that where it's like um yeah like pretty intense piercings physically what does that look like like the healing process i guess um, well, it also boils down to um, what type you're doing, right? So in this case, I'm just pretty much doing a pull um, for my body and uh, the things that I've already put it through. God bless my body. Um, <laughs> it, it, I, I feel so bad for her. She's just like, we're struggling. I'm like, nope, keep going. Let's have fun. Like, <laughs> push, push, um, push. <laughs> um, but yeah, essentially just making sure that, you know, like you would do with regular needle play, you're making sure that, you know, the, the wound is cleaned and then you leave it the fuck alone. You make sure that it's not infected. You make sure that you're using proper equipment when you're first starting with it. So that way you're mitigating um, all of the gross things that can happen if you weren't being as cautious about your cleanliness. Um, and sometimes it leaves scarring. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know, the body just does what it does sometimes. Are you a fan of like when it does leave a scar when you do see marks? Um, for this one, I'm pretty neutral about whether it does or doesn't. Um, I, I just my I do a lot of really intense things. So I think at the beginning, um, I was very much like, oh, my God, what if this ruins my aesthetic for work? And now I'm just kind of like, no, this is just this is part of aesthetic. me. This is exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> this is what you change. get. It's yeah. funny that learning curve. It's like people want to see my marks. I'm proud exactly. of my marks. I like displaying my marks. Yeah. Exactly. Like you I imagine you can just see a roadmap, you know, of your history with this type of stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I uh <laughs> I, I definitely have quite a few, so it's always fun, especially like if I get a new wave of followers on Twitter and you know, you've got some asshole trying to heckle and being like, oh, what's wrong with you, da-da? And you've got five other people going, well, she did a hook suspension, she did a tent nailing, she was laying on a bed and nailed, like, buddy, like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, get out of yeah, here. I'm like, I love new. you all so much. Yeah. Are you new? <laughs> she doesn't even go here, like. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Because it's kind of like tattoos, right? Like Exactly. It's documenting important stuff that you did, cool stuff that you did, things that you're passionate about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see it. So what else do you have going on that you're excited about? Um, that's about the main thing. I, um, I just got back from doing a month of sideshow out in New Hampshire for an amusement park. So I'm really excited to kind of just be home and veg out for a while. I mean, apart from this other, this hook pull that's coming up. Um, but yeah, I just kind of getting back to, you know, creating content, doing sessions, just re inspiring my creativity since I was on hiatus for a month and kind of getting back into the swing of things. I'm just really excited to kind of be a rock, like. <laughs> yes, to be a pet rock. What is like um, your normal look like as far as your work, like getting back home, what is a typical day like for you? Um, I spend a lot of my day editing and it's very unsexy and I don't think a lot of people realize how much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just editing, um, trying to come up with um, ideas for new videos, 
trying to make sure I'm reaching back out to any clients who have tried to reach out um, while I was on hiatus and, you know, just pretty much catching up with that and making sure that everything that I have my fingers in is still balanced the way that I left it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I feel like what most people don't realize about our work is it's like 90% admin. It's 90% us in our pajamas at home, being a home gremlin on our phone, answering inquiries, editing on our laptops, all that kind of unglamorous stuff. And even you who does hook suspensions and, you know, all these quote unquote extreme performance kink art stuff. It's like, no, I'm still at home editing most of the time. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sitting here with Cheeto dust and cat hair. We're just making it work. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. Man. So you also do editing for other um, content creators and whatnot. What was the inspiration to start doing that? Um, so before I got into sex work, <coughs> however many <coughs> years ago, um, <laughs> I was also doing IT work um, for a local college. And so I ended up having a lot of these skill sets and things like that. And that I was like, OK, I know that anybody who is a non-sex worker is going to try to like upcharge fellow sex workers for. And I wanted to create something that was, you know, uh, affordable for folks and that also looked good and wasn't people trying to just fuck them over because it was like, oh, they're a sex worker. I can take advantage of this, you know, um, yeah. it's, you know, that it's very hard for, it seems society to take sex workers seriously as is, especially when you start talking about, oh, you know, uh, barriers to entry for quote unquote normie jobs and this, that and the other and stuff like that. So I'm like, I, I like the feeling of being able to contribute to the community if I can through my past experiences with like all of my like tech work and stuff yeah again like bringing all your stuff into this type of work right like all your different experience stuff because being a sex worker nowadays it's like 14 different jobs you know you got to be marketing person you got to be editing person you got to be an admin you know secretarial person you got to be um a photographer you got to be a makeup artist you got like like on and on and on and on so the more experience we have with some of that stuff you know that we can bring into this I think that more and more is going to set you up for quote-unquote success in this industry and like you said I mean that's so important to offer like peer support accessible you know, prices and, and, um, you know, not non-judgmental and a non-judgmental editor, a fellow sex worker editor. Like we, we feel so much better about hiring a fellow sex worker. So we're supporting each other with a lot of our stuff. So I think that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. You, once again, succinct. Succinct. <laughs> <laughs> The Bedpost Podcast is sponsored by Come As You Are. Founded as a worker-owned cooperative, Come As You Are has a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. Come As You Are doesn't profit from your pleasure and only stocks products that they truly love and believe in. Come As You Are has been voted best sex shop in Toronto since 1997. Check them out at comeasyouare.com or 254 Augusta Avenue in Toronto's own Kensington Market. We are also sponsored by Club M4 Toronto. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And now you can go to their website, www.clubm4.com, but one of my favorite things to do is to go to their Instagram events page and see what they've got going on. Threesome Fridays, Buy Pleasure Party, and Fetish Fantasy, hosted by Empress. If anything looks interesting and you want to check it out, head on down to Club M4 at 1989 Dundas Street, Mississauga. So, okay. No, oh, know what I thought I'd do? Mm. Because I keep commenting on every time I see, like, auto-tweet a clip you've sold. I just want to give people an idea 
Okay. <laughs> I, of the range. The range of you. Are you okay with this? Yeah, I love it. Okay, here we go. Maybe if you wanted to tell me a little anecdote, maybe you're a little something about each one. Is that something we could do? Yeah, let's go. Okay, I'm literally just on your Twitter. The first one that comes up is, Bitch bred and banged again. <laughs> it's the again for me. Again! Again! <laughs> Well, because you know it's a part two, so... <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was me incorporating um, pregnancy fetish, inflation fetish, and just submissive degradation, humiliation, kind of free use ideas to kind of create the idea of like, oh, my my owner, you know, fully owns my body. And so, look, he's knocking me up again to show the world that, like, I'm, I've been bred and that I'm somebody else's and, like, those kind of concepts Perfect. with a big old pillow under my tummy. Yeah, big ass <laughs> belly. Love it. Okay, this is interesting. And I genuinely don't know what this means, really. Well, I guess, okay, okay, I can, might get it. But, anyways, <laughs> renouncing my regular life. I'm so devoted to my owner that I am going to quit work. I'm going to isolate myself. I'm going to be at his beck and call day and night, 24-7, because I am collared and owned, and my devotion is towards him. Well said. Enough said. Now I get it. Oh, this is kind of fun. Your secret submissive, and it's an audio-only clip. Yeah. Um, So that one was more of a, uh, with me as like the cuck approach, so um, the person, the imaginary POV is, you know, someone who is a dom in a relationship with someone who might be a normie and no one can find out about me. But because I'm submissive and I have a humiliation fetish and into cuckolding, it's OK. And I'm the secret submissive. I'm the secret other woman, just kinky. <laughs> it's a secret. Oh yeah. Okay, this one, I legit LOL'd when I first read it. Okay. <laughs> you see where the English major is coming in. I love alliteration. Like <laughs> This is so good. Supergirl is super farty, all caps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thank you. Oh yeah, I don't I don't do a lot of fart fetish stuff often, but I just, you know, I, I had a, a wild gas up my ass one day and I was like, you know, I've got the Supergirl costume. What if her farts were just super explosive? Like, what would that look like? She's super in all the other ways. You know, her farts are going to be kicking. Like, oh, my God, I can't. It's so funny. OK, just a couple more, if you don't mind. OK. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't even skipped any. It's not like I'm doing highlights. These are literally, they're all this good. They're all this good. I'm just going through. Okay. Body mod, body tour. I love that idea. Thank you. Yeah. And it kind of touches back on the idea of um, earlier when you were like, hey, were you ever concerned about, you know, I've got so many scars and so many different just general body mod things that I was like, hey, what if I just did one giant clip where like I talk about these things? So a for anybody. Yeah. For anybody who is new to my my feed and has questions about any particular marking on my body, they know what the rundown is. And B, I also know people who follow me solely because of my body mod stuff and the things that I do. So let me talk about the stories behind each one. Fuck. That's so good. That's so good. (laughs) Okay. Since we mentioned pet play, this one's called Mutt Musk. We love the alliteration. (laughs) Yeah. um, So especially with like the furry community, you see a lot of like the uh, fursuits with like you know, the, the kind of canine looking sheets and things like that. And once again, I was 3 a.m. on Etsy about to doze off and I found the uh, the uh, vaginal or as a the cookie version or whatever the, the name mm-hmm. for it is as a as a dildo insertable. And I thought that was really fun because it was both like a flashlight and like um, an insertable. So I was like, oh, OK, what if we play around with this? What can we do with this kind of thing? And uh, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, those toys are cool that it's both an insertable for you and then it's like a pocket pussy for whoever's, yeah, it, it does both. I talked about that forever ago 
with someone, Keelan, Keelan Fiorello, that was on my podcast, and that um, they were, he's a gay guy, and he was playing with that, like, anally, you know, um, and yeah, I mean, you had to be like a, a, a girthy, into girth in your holes to have, yeah, woof is right, yeah, to basically have a fleshlight in your ass that someone's fucking... Yeah, that's impressive. I wish I wish I could get to that point. Like, I'm so impressed by like all of the huge anal toy stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. And one last one, just because we got to get another alliteration in there. Chained chambermaid. Yep, that that one's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. I put on some lingerie and some shackles and I was like, hey, you know, I've got to clean the house anyways. Why not film myself doing it? (laughs) Yeah, you have the heels chained. You you don't have lingerie on, don't lie. You have a little, you have one tiny little apron. <laughs> yeah, my, t- my titties are all out. My titties are hella out. Don't lie, it's just an apron. <laughs> Man, but yeah, okay. So just so people can see, like, when we talk about you... Um, being so creative and and doing so many different types of clips and playing with so many different activities and kinks. Like, there you go. Those were just the first five or whatever scoring through your feed. Um, Something I want to ask you, especially since you, I guess, um, do some more extreme type kinks, like you were talking about hook suspensions and whatnot. What does, like, your... um, process look like when you're going to work with someone else to do some stuff like that um I don't know if you want to talk about like screening or like negotiation maybe that would go before doing those types of kinks absolutely um so yeah um I especially back when I was working at the dungeon I my my kind of disclaimer caveat for clients would usually be I like to show how hard I can go in my quote unquote personal life. So that way, even if I might not feel comfortable using X or Y implement, like, you know, if a random person comes in and goes, hey, I want to whip the shit out of you. I might be like, hey, we we need to, you know, have a couple of sessions so we can make sure we're both a good fit for this and that kind of stuff. But just to give people an idea of the ranges that I play with. So whether you're looking for someone who is a lighter bottom or someone who is heavier and all of those in-betweens that I've got a range to showcase. I genuinely enjoy them and that it's a good opening for a talking point, even if that's not exactly what we can do in that session, right? So definitely screening is important. Definitely not all of the things that I showcase in my videos are things that I am comfortable doing with clients. But being able to show them, hey, you're you're safe. You're safe with me here. Anything that you're curious about, all of your fantasies and things like that, like we can talk about it and discuss it and see how we can both work together to kind of get close to that, even if we're not doing actual X, Y, and Z. Yeah, that's kind of a cool way to put it because some folks who offer you know content and then also do in-person sessions there can sometimes be that thing of like I know at ritual chamber you know they don't love us to have content publicly like without a paywall that is illustrating stuff we don't do in sessions because like yeah specifically like I guess sexual services it's probably a legal legal liability thing for them that they don't want that out there but but like yeah no that's interesting of like because I think that's super common that we all have those differences, right? The the people we're playing with in our content or the people we do in our kink performances, those are usually not people we've just met, you know? So <laughs> exactly. It makes, absolutely makes sense that, like, we're going to do things, you know, that are a little heavier, as you said, there versus with a client. Um, do you ever have trouble trying to communicate that or draw that boundary of being like hey this is gonna look different than how that looks um I think when I first started sex work and doing in-person sessions um just because I'm I'm naturally a people pleaser but also realizing hey you know just 
for my safety, for your safety, just to make sure that like, you know, I'm not inadvertently killing the vibe and stuff like that. Being able to learn how to, Diffuse. you know, exactly. Yep. Or like change the energy of being like, oh, look, this shiny thing over here, though. Mm-hmm. We can't mm-hmm. do that. But oh, there's so much, so many things I'd like to do to you or like whatever. Exactly. Yeah. To it. Yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of a shitty question to be like, do you have trouble with it? I, I guess I w- what I was asking more so is like, what's your process with that? Yeah. When you sit down with a client, let's say this, when you first sit down with a new client, do you have like a little spiel in your negotiation where you set expectations of what this looks like? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I I was actually listening to your, your interview with Alexis yesterday and stuff like that. And I love the way that she was phrasing it about like, you know, even as a submissive, you're also kind of the one in charge of the scene. So making sure that, you know, both parties are comfortable, everyone is having fun, you're making sure that those expectations are known so that way you can get the most out of your time together. It's just really crucial. Yeah. And so kind of being able to, you know, be as straightforward and honest as possible and not be mean about it, but just also going, hey, just to let you know, here's what's going on. And, you know, sometimes I'll get people who, um, I used to shoot a bunch of uh, spanking videos with different producers and studios and stuff. And I would get a lot of people coming and going, hey, I saw your spanking videos. Um, the title was X, Y, and Z and things like that. And it gives me a baseline of, oh, this is the kind of thing that they're expecting. And yes, yeah. either I can provide that same experience or we can tailor it somehow. So that way I understand like the vibe that you were feeling when you you know, watched it and wanted to approach me. And here's how we can recreate it in a similar way that's also safe and understanding of the fact that like oh we either just met each other or hey let's you know take a couple of sessions before we get to that point now you're being all succinct that was so perfectly put (laughs) i've started to do that thing also where with folks who are really new to kink specifically i'm like what's your reference point for this you know what Mm -hmm. video did you watch and you felt a certain way and now Mm -hmm. you wanted to book me and do that with and then trying to translate of like okay this is your first time doing this stuff you know um and how we can make this a scene that feels similar like you said that exact thing of like okay how can we translate that fantasy that you've never done you know you have no experience with into something that's realistic but gives the vibe i think that's kind of in a big way um what's artful about what we do you know what i mean Absolutely. It's like a sexier version of like the Netflixes. If you enjoyed this, you might also enjoy like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. But that's so cool, though. I never thought that when you're asking that question, what's your reference point? It could be it for you. You know, if you're you're a content creator, a big content creator, that that reference point could be a video they saw of yours and then they book you in person. And then you have to have that same conversation, basically, because people come in and they want to do they want to basically be murdered um, <laughs> you know and they've never stepped foot inside a play space before you right know? yeah and you gotta be like listen <laughs> just everything everywhere all at once it's like okay let's put the training wheels on <laughs> yeah like let's say hi um, and get to know each other a little bit first but yeah uh, do you think that's like do you think you're at an advantage that you you can be your own reference point for in-person sessions? I think it can go both ways, you know? Um, initially, I just, um, so let's see, I started off as a in-person session provider, and then I started going into more of the, the content sphere. And I think the other thing that kind of really uh, pushed me to do that a lot was because, um, unfortunately, there's not really a lot of black submissive representation. And so I remember I would get like declined for sessions a lot sometimes just because a lot of people's reference point for kink is just general porn. And, 
you know, they'd be like, oh, well, your your ass isn't going to look as red when I spank you or, oh, well, your ass doesn't really, you know, show the red. So I must not be spanking you hard enough and like little things like that. And so I kind of was like, let me just take matters into my own hand. Let me showcase what I can do. And then that can kind of just be my my calling card to go, hey, look, I'm, I'm just as good. My experiences are just the same. And, you know, even if the appearances and aesthetics aren't, you know, similar to what you might have initially been introduced to, like the effects are still there, you know? Absolutely. I think that's a really good point. I taught like um, uh, an impact workshop at, at this event at one point and the conversation was something about like, you know, how do you know when your submissive has had enough? You know what I mean? Uh, impact play wise. And I was kind of putting it out to the group. We're kind of all sitting in a circle on the floor. It was a good vibe. This, this nice. event. Yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. And Just so I was cross like, applesauce. I yes, love it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I had a bunch of implements like all in front of me, all a range of all different stuff around in the circle. So I was like, what do you guys think? You know, what do you all think? Um, our indicators and um, that thing of like well when they're you can tell by how red they're getting or whatever and it was that thing of like okay but what's the skin tone of the person you know yeah consider and another thing sorry yeah no, please please <laughs> Um, another thing we used to joke about at the dungeon was like, sometimes you've got leather butt, you know, um, especially <laughs> totally. as a pro sub, Cal- like, you know what, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So sometimes even like skin tone isn't just the factor. It's like whether, you know, whether they've just done a lot of that type of impact that you're looking for and things like that. And all those little nuances that, you know, the, the average person might not be considering and, you know, wouldn't need to consider. So, yeah, being able to kind of introduce people to, like, all of those little variations of what it can look like and what that means for them is really important for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So are you a person that is difficult to mark, would you say? With all your experiences, I'm just assuming, but you tell me. Um, well, you know, certain body parts will still definitely bruise. Definitely the front of my thighs, definitely my forearms. Um, Ooh, you know, but, what are you doing on your forearms? Um, well, so I guess technically it's like my tricep area, but I have this one act that I do with bear traps where like, I'll put them on the underside of my arms oh, and wow. then I'll kind yeah. of like take the chain and twirl it like a little titty tassel almost. Um, oh it's lots, God, of fun. Um, lots, of fun. <laughs> lots, lots, lots of fun. Lots of fun. I love that. Um, but it's so just so much goofy, fun. Like being in extreme pain is so fun. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though. So like little oh, things no, like that, where I'm like, man, I like I did it for a month for for this gig that I had, and like my my arms are just bruised to shit, and like you know yeah. it's been years of me doing this, and still like I'll find new spots where my body will still bruise. And I'm like all right, well, that's good to know. Let's keep going. Like, <laughs> so the body is fascinating for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So since you brought that up, I had a question on, um, I was doing a couple little TikTok videos with Alexis O'Neill, who, who you mentioned earlier. She's the pro submissive at Ritual Chamber with me. And uh, yeah, I did a little video and some people were asking questions. And one of the questions was like, how, you know, do you recover the bruises in between clients or is that something that adds to it as like you like layering, you know, bruises, like you like being a hit while you have a bruise, just kind of somebody wanting to understand that nuance. And um, yeah, what, what were your thoughts on that? Um, I think it, it just really depends on the client, right? So back when I was, um, so sometimes like our shifts at the dungeon would be like all day from like 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. or whatever, wow. whatever you wanted to schedule yourself for. Um, and so for me, it was one of those things where like if I know that I've got, you know, certain appointments scheduled, then I can also ask about like their expectations for how I present myself and what that looks like, right? So some people want a completely clean slate so that way they can have something to work off of. Some people like the the layering and the already come in with bruises type of thing. Um, and so it's a really fine line to balance when you're offering those services because everyone is so different and has different, you know, wants and expectations and things like that. Um, and yeah. so for me personally, I was definitely, Arnica, Arnica was my best friend. Like, <laughs> yes, I've heard that as well. Yeah. That's interesting. 
um, the requests. Um, I get that with feet stuff. I, I do foot domination stuff for in-person sessions. So it's like, man, sometimes it's tough to, you know, a tough line to walk. Like somebody wants, the first client wants clean feet, you know, well manicured, clean feet. And the next person a half hour later wants them stinky. It's like, (laughs) how do I, how does one, one of you is not getting your full (laughs) request. Exactly. Yep. There's so much juggling at play behind the scenes. (laughs) So I can imagine that with bruising of like, okay, this person like, loves to see bruising layers that's a turn on to see all, all you know see marks on you and all these other things you've done and thinking about them and the next guy wants a clean slate it's like well <laughs> not too much you can do <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah that's the thing of like realizing we're a real human person that has a life outside of this scene it's like i my body is how my body is like yep you know it's not like i'm a person i'm a fantasy illusion that materializes 10 minutes before you get there and then you know i disappear right after yeah it's like those uh little dolls with the interchangeable clothes like i don't have an interchangeable non-bruised butt i can do so we either have to schedule this for another time or this is what's going on (laughs) are you a person that enjoys I feel like with your theatrical background and whatnot, do you, enjoy, do you enjoy wardrobe request or even as far as like a hair request or makeup request, shoes request? Is that something you like or you're like, no, just let me do me? Um, I like all of them except for like the hair requests. That one I'm like, let me just do me. But, you know, I'm also very particular about that kind of whole whatever and stuff like that, especially like as a black thin looking submissive kind you know all of that jazz yeah um but for wardrobe in general no i love it and god knows i've got enough shit laying around it's always like yes give me an excuse to dust off my old spider-man uniform or something like that (laughs) (laughs) i need to know the alliteration what is spider-man what does spider-man do spider-man spits Spider-Man sweats it out for you or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that. Did it. Yeah, I think the one that always feels ick for me is makeup requests. I'm like, yeah. anytime a cis man is commenting on, you know, a somebody's makeup, I'm like, no, that will not, that will simply not do. Yeah, especially just because there's, a, it's kind of like when you see those posts going around where people are like, oh yeah, I love that natural look. And then you've got people in the comments going, that's just like really minimal makeup, babe. Like yeah, she's wearing makeup, I hate to Exactly, yeah. And so I think that's my main kind of umbrage at those sorts of requests is just because sometimes not everyone is able to articulate what they mean versus what the actuality is. And trying to navigate that for me because I'm I'm a very literal person I'm like I it, it stresses me out <laughs> I'll, I will do it within reason but also if you've got some sort of framework that you're working from and it it doesn't work out then it doesn't work out like <laughs> yes there's definitely a thing that happens there with like you have different the different vocabulary from the client right where sometimes they're making a request i think this happens with like a latex request they just mean something shiny yep yep like there's a difference between pvc and latex like please for the love of god like (laughs) yeah they just mean something shiny and i'm lubing up my whole body to get in a late like no It's a no for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that happens often with fucking people ask to be whipped all the time. When they, they really mean, mean flogging. They or mean spanking. they want to be. Yes. They mean <laughs> just other impact play. Like they would die with a whip. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. So, what does that conversation look like to you when you're like, like a clarification conversation with a client? Um, just kind of a basic, okay, I what I'm understanding you're asking for is X, Y, and Z. For me, this means da, 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 da. Does that sound true for what you were asking for? Or 
you know, is there anything else you would like to add on to it for me? So that way I'm being able to see this through your eyes. Just kind of that sort of, you know, make sure we're all on the same page for negotiations. So that way there's no surprises. Nobody's disappointed. It's, it's all good. (laughs) Yes. I think that's so integral. You know, do you get like a form or they email you before all the activities they want to do? And then you meet them for the first time in person, you know, and then you chat for a bit. Do you do that? Oh, absolutely. That's the way you do it too. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that time where you talk for 10, 15 minutes in person is the most crucial, right? Oh, definitely. Because then you're able to like kind of feel each other out. And sometimes you can see if it if it clicks or not, or if what you, you were talking about that seemed perfectly fine in the messages is actually completely different from what they meant when they're talking and stuff. And everyone has like a, a form of communication that they're stronger with, right? So for me as a failed English major, I definitely like writing more than I like talking. But for some people, the opposite is true. For, for my partner, he's definitely like the talker in our relationship and don't, you know, we, you know, so having that kind of both meet in the middle yeah. of, hey, we've got our screening, we've got like all of these written back and forth things, and now we get to interview each other and really feel out everything um, definitely helps kind of meet those worlds in the middle. Yeah, I th- I feel like you could be doing a totally different session, you know, and you find that <laughs> out in those 10, 15 minutes, like <laughs> what you read in the email. That's why I only skim the email. I'm like, this means nothing to me, basically, right? right? Until I clarify all of this, you know yep. what I mean? So I'm like, I'll skim it, but that I'm not like planning a whole scene around what I've received in an email at all. Exactly. It's the skeleton. And then the interviews where you flesh it out. (laughs) Yeah. That's really well said. Yeah, totally. Okay. This has been so amazing. I'm seeing the time click down. We've got a few minutes left. I wonder if there's something that we haven't talked about yet that you really wanted to mention while you were here with me. Oh, just thank you for having me. You've had so many other really awesome people on there, and I am very honored to uh, be part of it. (laughs) Oh, my God, you're the best. Okay, (laughs) what I will ask then um, before we get to you telling us like where we can uh, book you and and order custom clients and shower you with coins, (laughs) um, if, if someone wants to book you, if someone wants to buy, you know, content from you, let's say, People that are like this should book you. People who want this, you're their human. What's the fill in the blank there? Let's see. Uh, People who enjoy seeing me as a submissive, not a top. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, first things first. And definitely I, I tend to shy away from overly scripted customs. Um, I'm definitely a lot better at improv, so if their requests are a little too rigid, then it might be out of my scope. Same. It's funny because, like, in my in-person stuff, I love protocols, I love rituals, I love all of that stuff, but when it comes to, like, filming and customs and things like that, I need to let my artistic instincts kind of take over and help move that along. Otherwise, I'm not going to be happy with the result, and I don't think the client would be either, and both of them are passion of love, you know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. Okay. Anything else that comes to mind? <laughs> I think that's it. I feel like I should have something. I feel like I'm in like a test and I'm like, oh man, oh my, oh, my God. teacher's not mad. a pop quiz. <laughs> yeah. Not a pop quiz. Triggered. Um, <laughs> okay. Fabulous. In that case, then Cupcake Sinclair, tell us all the places we can buy your content, find you, follow you, um, and book you. If we're in your area. Um, so I, my main website is sincitysubmissive.com. Um, I'm on Twitter as xsebi with an I-E, cupcake X. Um, or if you are looking to have some really interesting uh, sideshow stuff happening at your event or party, um, I also have a website called Shockingly Sweet that's all of my sideshow stuff and I also do classes and customs and workshops and all of that stuff. So I'm kind of just everywhere. So if you like my vibe, 
hire me for stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you have, as we said at the beginning, you have your fingers everywhere. What did you say? You have your fingers in everything. <laughs> yeah, that. Okay, and for me, folks, at the Lady Pim on Twitter. Nope, at the play Lady Pim one on Twitter. That's where I'm the most active. I'm on TikTok. Um, for some reason. I'm at the Lady Pim on uh, Instagram at the Lady Pim or at the Bedpost Podcast, the Patreon. Okay, it's the Bedpost Show. Our YouTube channel. It's also the Bedpost Show. And then I never like to go an episode without thanking the lovely lady who does all the original music for my podcast. Her name is Stephanie Copeland, and you can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. Um, this has been so awesome. I can't believe we finally got to have a conversation. It feels so good, full of so much joy. Open invitation. You're welcome back anytime. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I hope you all enjoyed listening to us chat. And we will see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here on the Bedpost Podcast talking about sex and sexuality. Until I get fucked, everybody. Goodbye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!